0: Hello and welcome back to another episode of Returning to the Earth. This morning I had my windows cracked open and I just had a therapy consultation and I did some journaling and now I'm going to read. And I pulled some cards and I did some scheduling. So I'm, I'm feeling pretty good about life, um, pretty put together. Besides just having some like, you know what, I think that just makes life interesting. I, I always want to be like, oh well today's like weird. Every goddamn day is going to be freaking weird, okay? You're human living on a floating rock, and we have feelings and emotions and interact with others, and it does not make us wrong or bad, um, or anything wrong or bad. It's just experience. There's no such thing as good or bad, highs or lows. It's just an experience, and I need to stop separating um, any experience by vibrational frequency, and I... I, I talk about this a lot, but I really have a bone to pick with the new age spirituality. Um, and I used to be really, really into it. So I can't have complete, I don't have hate or, you know, indifference with it within it. But it, it's been causing a lot of harm and havoc to people that are, that are new to this, um, to this spiritual healing. Because we think that, oh, if you're low vibration at all, you're going to become depressed and dark. But you need to feel all range of emotions. You thinking that you can get away with only feeling high vibe it's going to leave you trapped in a corner. You need to feel every range of emotion, and that includes quote-unquote low vibe. There's no such thing as a low or high. It's just experience. It's just emotion. It's how and the way you choose to see it. And that took me a long time to understand, but here we are, and now I have a bone to pick with people that are like, oh, that's so low vibe. Because I used to judge people based on being quote-unquote low vibe. They're going through it. It doesn't mean you have to heal them. doesn't mean you have... It's your duty to hold their hand, but have some goddamn grace for them because you were once there for them too. Or you were once there in their shoes as well um, is what I'm trying to get at. So give them some grace. Give yourself some grace and live with some empathy and compassion and some sympathy. And anyhow, we're going to get into part three of I Don't Want to Grow Up by Scott Stillman. We are currently... I don't know what page we're on and I don't and yeah it doesn't matter um here we are we are about um, a little bit over a quarter way done so begin at once this is crucial do not wait for the perfect plan do those even exist you can improvise as you go it could start with an innovation to visit a friend or a relative you haven't seen in a long time or a job opportunity in some other state or country Sometimes you just have to give the universe a little nudge, especially if you've been ignoring your breadcrumbs for quite some time. It could be as simple as driving in a different route to work or taking the bus or the train to a place you've never been. There's magic just outside your comfort zone. See what happens when you interrupt your routine, even just a little. need to underline that because I just made a TikTok about something very, very similar. Friends and relatives, when Valerie and I first pinned Boulder as our goal, everyone said it was too expensive. Naturally, we believed them and started looking elsewhere. After these days of searching in in the surrounding suburbs, we found nothing. Then we thought about it, we were moving to Colorado to live near the mountains, not suburbia. It suddenly became obvious that we weren't finding anything. We were searching everywhere except our natural goal except for our actual goal, so on the fourth day, we actually decided to check out Boulder proper. Driving down Highway 36, we were immediately entranced by the, ma- the-, the-, majesty? Majesty? <laughs> of the majesty of the majesty flirt- flat irons, whoa, flat irons, okay, I know where that is, jagged rock formations towering high above the town, that's in Boulder, you can look up the flat irons, um, and the endless hiking trails that flowed right from the neighborhoods this was where we wanted to be after driving around for just a few hours we found some offerable housing right at the base of the mountains that was nicer and cheaper than anything we'd ever seen in the burbs a similar thing happened when we decided to build a simple mountain cabin when we went to our local bank the leading manager told us we couldn't get a con construction loan he told us only rich people build mountain homes. He actually said that. A couple days later, while surfing the internet, a banner ad popped up on my screen for a low-interest construction loan. Yes, the internet knows everything. Regardless, I applied online to many amazement to my amazement, we were approved. What would have happened if we listened to that bank manager or everyone who told us Boulder was too expensive? We would have never moved to Boulder, never built that mountain cabin, never sold that cabin, which financed our year on the road, never wrote the book and started that whole crazy writing gig. The great big lesson, don't let anyone influence your dreams. Got to start that one. When you decide to start living the life you want, people will call you crazy. They try to talk you out of this. Tell you it's unrealistic, even impossible. This is usually your family and close friends. Yes. I've experienced that myself. It's not that they don't love you or don't want you to be happy. They're just protecting you. At least they think they are. And you can't really blame them for that. But you've got to protect yourself from all the negative energy. Again, I don't believe in negative positive energy, but I see what he's talking about with this. It's... It will sabotage your dreams with a heartbeat. The best thing you can do is just tell a few people as possible about your plan. Don't tell them, show them. I also want to ground that. You've got to be the captain of your ship. This is your life, your dream. Want to live by the sea and surf every day? Want to ride or hike or sail around the world? Climb every mountain, Live live in Alaska, move to another country, live in a van? There are people doing all these things right now. You don't hear about, you don't just hear about them. They aren't on social media posting about their lives. They're busy living them. You'll find them on the back roads of life, the fringes of society, away from the skepticism and the doubt of the mainstream world, quietly living their dreams away. They don't care what you or I think, and they should've, it's none of their, and they shouldn't, it's none of their business. The question to be asking is, if they're doing it, why can't we? I've been thinking a lot about like the judgment that I have in my head whenever I read aloud, whenever I make a podcast episode, and I'll start judging myself and then my nervous system will become shocked and the next thing I know I'm overstimulated and I shut down and I most likely will delete the whole episode. And I was watching this TikTok. You know, TikTok really does have some great information if you're on the right side of it. I think it's a very, very knowledgeable place to be intertwined with at this point in time. And what they were saying was how, okay, so a top-notch person that posts on YouTube is not going to look at somebody on YouTube who's first starting out and criticize them. Somebody, you know, a, an artist who is extremely successful like Picasso is not going to look down at you. I don't even think Picasso's alive, to be honest, but I also don't know. If Picasso is looking at your painting, is successful. He had to start from somewhere. Therefore, he's not gonna look at your painting and say, Oh, that's bad. Neither is, you know, any other famous artist. Okay. I and this applies to my life and to your life. That thing that you want to start. Okay, if you go to a um a world-renowned rock climber, for instance, I really want to get into rock climbing. But every time I think about it, I'm like, I don't have the agility for that, I don't have the body structure for that. And I've been rock climbing before when I was a kid, but I haven't been since I was like 10. Um I've like climbed some trees and like you know stuff like that but I'm like I am out of shape for that I don't have the agility I don't have you know all these things making up all these things for myself as to why I cannot rock climb because I'm gonna have to go for an initial remembering how to do it and there's gonna be some really impressive people that are trying to show me how to properly rock climb and that sounds incredibly incredibly embarrassing for me and especially because most likely they're going to be some kind of rock climbers are my type. I don't know why, but they just are. They're really, really cool people and I love rock climbers in general. So that's very, very intimidating for me. And so anyhow, um, the idea of getting out on the rock climbing wall and having somebody who is going to be intimidating to me and I can be embarrassed about not being a a good enough climber to impress them scares the living shit out of me. So I'm like, there's no way I can start. There's no way I can even begin. You know, I'm never going to get into rock climbing. But you know what those professional rock climbers, or the people that are trying to teach you how to rock climb they might not be professionals they're not there to sit there and criticize you they're there because they want to teach you they picked up that job for a reason they want to see people that maybe don't know how to climb to see succeed and to learn how to climb everybody has to start somewhere and so when i criticize my podcast i'm like People are going to listen to my podcast and think I'm idiotic and stupid and I'm going to be embarrassed because I stumble on my words and I'm not professional I don't know every single answer and I might talk about things that I don't fully know about. But you know what? People that have professional podcasts, like I don't think Joe Rogan is going to look at me and be like, oh, there's this little 19-year-old who fucking sucks at podcasting. No, Joe Rogan is fucking successful. Same with um, Keila Rose from Skinny Diet. Skinny Dipping Diaries or uh, Duke and Trussell, they're not going to look down at me and be like, oh, you suck. Because guess what? They are already on top. They already have a platform with podcasting. Anybody that you know, already has done it is not going to look down at you because they used to be you. People that are going to look down on you are people that are A, intimidated by you. B, are frustrated that they're not doing the same thing that you are. People are only gonna criticize you when they wish that they're doing what you're doing, or they need to project. They need to project their insecurities onto you to put them at your level. And that doesn't. That's not meant to come off as prejudice or as um, the other p word, it's sounding better than anybody. It's meant to come off as people will only criticize you, be jealous of you when you have something that they want badly that they're not going after. Okay, and I've been dealing a lot with jealousy people, and I don't know how to bring it up to them when I'm like, hey, are you jealous? Do you want to talk about it? Because it's not an easy conversation. But I've been seeing it so much in my life where I'm going after what I want, and people in my life I'll come across, they're mean. And I'm like, why are you being an ass to me? And it's just because I'm doing things that they wish that they were doing as well. Okay, if not, they wouldn't be such an ass about it because is it any of their business? No. Okay, when somebody's supportive, they're supportive. And I have three people in my life right now that are so supportive where I, I tell them about my, about my next ambitions and we speak about where we are in points in our lives and they are so encouraging. But in the past few months of my life, I've been dealing with people that are so Rude to me, where I do something for me and I get backlash for it from them, and I don't understand why, and I'm understanding why now. And it's not for me to judge them because I've been there and I've done that. It's for me to say that I no longer need to add energy to that. Okay. That I understand why they do what they do it does not mean that that behavior is to be accepted. It's for me to give some space away from them, and. Anyhow, so anything that you want to start, it's just an encouragement that you will fucking suck in the beginning. Like, I want to get into snowboarding. I've been skiing since I was four. I can ski. I'm, I don't like skiing in the way of doing flips and tricks and going down the sides of freaking mountains, but I love skiing. I would love to snowboard. The idea of getting out on a snowboard and looking like an idiot, because I think that I would look like an idiot in my head, not to say that anybody else would think that. That is scary. A friend of mine was trying to teach me how to slackline and I could not find my balance for the life of me. And I ended up just standing there and talking to him instead. Like I was just like, I can't do this. I didn't say that out loud. I tried to prove to myself that I could and I just kind of shut down because I wasn't good at it at first. I should have asked for a little bit more assistance and maybe by the end of that day, I would have been a pro slackliner (laughs) or at least would have been better. And so when it, again, when it comes to anything, you're going to be bad at first. And if you're great at first, that's also freaking amazing. Um, But just start. And if you sound weird at first, who cares? Because people that have already done it, they understand that same place that you've been in. So stop judging yourself because the professionals, people that are successful in that thing already, are not going to look down at you. I can tell you that. So let's get back. Um, So yeah, the question to be asking is, if they're doing it, why can't we? Are they smarter, luckier, have a better upbringing, a better education? Anyone can come up with a thousand reasons why they can't do something. Only a few go out and live their dreams anyway. Part three. Breaking the rules. The fool becomes a sage when letting go to be free to be a fool by Alan Watts. I really want to repeat that one. The fool becomes a sage when letting go to be free to be a fool. When you allow yourself to look like a fool that's when you become something entirely new. You become unstoppable, quite frankly. So, the prescribed life. We are taught to believe there's only one way to live, one set of rules to follow. Many define this as the prescribed life to go something like this. School, job, house, debt, family, consumerism, more debt, retirement, death, (laughs) or some variation of that. Not growing up means breaking those rules and rejecting society's unwritten laws about how we should live our lives. It's about writing your own story. Sure, this can be scary, but for others, nothing is more terrifying than the alternative. Don't you have to work hard to be successful? Not at all. Hard work usually leads to more hard work. Working smart is the key to not growing up. When Valerie and I returned from our year on the road, the last thing we wanted was regular jobs, but we were running low on funds, so we started driving for Uber. In our particular market, it didn't take long to realize that all of our income came from airport rides. If you've ever been to the Denver International Airport, you probably noticed that it's out in the middle of nowhere. It's a long ride out there, another long ride wherever the next passenger is heading. Do that a few times a day and it's pretty lucrative. Valerie and I quickly made business cards with airport rides printed out on the front and passed them out to every airport passenger. We kept our car clean, played music, and were courteous drivers. So it didn't take long to build a large clientele of business travelers who enjoyed the convenience of scheduled rides with the luxury of dedicated drivers. We ran all of our business through the app so Uber wasn't in the position to complain. But instead of driving aimlessly around Boulder, hoping for airport rides, we worked by appointment, making a full day's income in just a few hours. The rest of our time was spent playing in the mountains. When winter came, we got really serious by setting an ambitious new goal. Ski every day, it snows every eight inches. Wait, every, hold on. Ski every day, it snows over eight inches. So that was their next goal. Um, So also, there's so many possibilities. I know people that do van life, and at night, they do Uber Eats. um, Or they do... uh, What's the other one? DoorDash. Or they do Uber driving. Like, there is possibilities for what you want. You can go out, and you can ask people in your community if they need help. You know, making... Like, doing some work for them. And you can say... I will help you, but I charge fifteen an hour. Or depending on your state, so like Midwest, it's like more towards East Coast. Like okay, Michigan, Ohio, Indiana, Illinois, we're more like fifteen an hour. You can ask. If you go more out west, you can ask twenty, twenty-five an hour to do yard work. In my opinion, um, because the cost of living is more, so do with that what you will you can do random jobs you can go apply to a cool grocery store you can go you know whatever you would like just kind of follow what makes you curious about what you want to learn about and you know follow that and just know that you'll be okay um but going out and making the means of having enthusiasm that's something that I've really struggled with myself that I've always been told is you know, if you want something, you have to have enthusiasm for it. And I used to just sit around and mope around, which also, my phone is dropped. My nervous system was pretty out of, out of whack when I was pretty depressed where I didn't want to do anything. And so I don't blame myself. And I don't blame you for being in the place that you are. Um, depression also comes from being stressed out about going against the flow of what you want to do. If you think you have to go to college and you're fucking depressed, try not going to college and see what happens. Even if it's just one semester where you you make a job and you plan a trip for a week if that feels better than going to college lean into that if you take one semester off and you're like i hate it i want to go back to school i need some kind of structure i know what i want to do at least you took the chance to see whether you liked it or not um that's the other thing is just just try it 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 simply will not kill you to just go out and try um you know, taking a little bit of a break for yourself. So, not growing up means prioritizing lifestyle, arranging work to fit your schedule, not the other. And underline that. Growing up means prioritizing lifestyle. So, we are all busy. We all have obligations. When we prioritize our dreams, and follow our hearts, we begin to move past the problems that keep us stuck and towards the life we want. Not growing up is about resourcefulness and, real- and self-reliance. If books aren't selling, I can, I can drive or work in sales, or repair bikes, or do something altogether different. Why should we ever stop trying new things? Life is an adventure. When you simplify, you can do just about anything. This is freedom in the truest sense of the world. Freedom is living life on your terms. Wow, yes. We live in a country that provides this opportunity which should never be taken for granted. But what good is freedom if we rarely use it? Never before has there been such an opportunity to live the life of your dreams. Never never before have there been so many ways to earn a living. Never before has there been so many ways to have fun. We are capable of rewriting society's unwritten rules and maximizing these truly unique times. It just takes a little focus. That is the other thing, is we are living at the most poignant time for the life that you deserve, like the life that you deserve and that you want to live. Think about your mother, think about your grandmother, think about your great-grandmother, think about your father, think about your grandfather, think about your great-grandfather, and so on and so forth. Did they have all these options of... I've, I was even talking to this older lady that I do work for. And these two older ladies that I work for... Uh, I don't know if I mentioned this in any podcast episode. But they both have been in, been with their spouses. Both these different um, older couples. For the past... Well, since they were 19. I'm 19 right now. They got married when they were 19. And they're still with those same spouses. Um... And, you know, they both seem, and both the couples seem happily in love. They also did not have the options that we have today. So one of the couples have been married for 60 years and the other couple has been married for 50 years. And I I mentioned, I was like, we, like my generation, this generation, or even like, I wouldn't say millennials. I think millennials had it a little bit different. And that's why Gen Z and millennials tend to hit heads um but gen z and the one above us we have it pretty lenient okay we have dating apps we have options we can go out in the world and we can go on a date and say i don't like you our grandparents went on a date and said all right well it looks like we're getting married and having kids or that's what the status quo was and so we have options to go on dating apps and to and to swipe left or right and which kind of person we want we had the leniency to be able to go out and to you know see somebody we find attractive and to say i want to go on a date with you or to tell them that we find them attractive in general um we had the leniency to go on instagram or tiktok or snapchat and find somebody we find attractive and say hey i like your energy do you want to get to know each other better things like that we have the leniency to do that We had the leniency to see people living their lives on social media to inspire us. We don't have to look through books and read texts for that. We have everything on our phones. And we're like, we can't live. You have everything that you simply need at your fingertips. I don't 100% love technology. Sometimes I wish it was not around because of how it's kind of taken a toll on some things and... I feel like I start to sound like my parents more and more every day when more advanced technology comes out. I'm like, we should cut it off right now. But, you know, without TikTok, without Instagram, without Snapchat, without Pinterest, without Visco, without um, Tumblr, without Twitter, we would not have a lot of the ideas in our heads that we do. And so we, this is the time to be alive. It's the weirdest time to be alive and it's the most beautiful time to be alive because We were actually able to live how many generations were not able to. They had to get married, have kids. They had to work blue collar jobs and women had to work in the kitchen at their house all day and then sip wine at night with their husbands and see their kids and then go to bed and do that again. Um, Or they fought for their lives in wars or they fought for injustices, you know, for women and for other people, you know. We don't have to do that right now and therefore it is the best time to simply live the life that you want. So if you're saying I can't do it, I call fucking bullshit on that because you have what you want right there in front of you. And I will repeat myself like a broken record 120 times until you realize you do not have to be miserable with the life that you're living. I'm sick and tired of people being like, I can't do that. Like somebody from my childhood will reach out and we haven't talked in a while And I'll tell them what I'm doing in life or even just like talking to people that I haven't seen in six months or a year. And I'll chat with them and they're like, "Well, I couldn't do that. And I'm like, bullshit, you can fucking do whatever you want. It's do you actually want it? Do you find yourself worthy of it? And if it's no, then that's another question to ask yourself. Why do you think that it's unattainable to you? Um and sometimes people just simply have to live a life that they're not simply they're not super happy with for them to realize that that's not what they want. And there's no judgment there. And some people simply love the 9 to 5 because they love the structure and there's also nothing wrong with that. But if you don't like that lifestyle, you don't have to live it and that's what I will repeat over and over cuz my cousins, my siblings, my parents, my other family, my old friends they don't understand when I speak about these things they're like it's so unattainable you sound crazy I I can't I'm gonna judge you for this and I'm like okay I don't want to have a conversation anymore because you lived a life that a you were happy with or you're lying to yourself because now you have so much judgment for me about my living life maybe you wanted to live a little bit differently and that's not fair for you to project your insecurities onto me and so that's a whole another conversation within itself sometimes you just have to shut down a conversation because there's no empathy there and i preach empathy put yourself into somebody else's shoes and try to understand where they're coming from um like i i often have an argument with the older generations when they're criticizing me for the life that i want to live and they're like it's not possible and you know, you, good luck with that. Like they'll basically like laugh in my, like laugh in my face and just be like, that's not possible. Good luck with that. You're going to become homeless. And I, so I asked them and I'm straight up and I'm like, did you like staying in the kitchen all day for your husband? Did you like having to work all the time and now you're retired And now you're living after you have all these health issues, after your joints are giving out. And I'm brutally honest with it. And they're like, yeah, I lived a fulfilling life and I'm happy. And I'm like, if so bad, then you would not be criticizing me for wanting to do things differently. I'm sure the older generations, and I know for a fact because I've talked to them during my travels... When they're like, you're so young, you need to get out and travel. Because a lot of older generations, they settled down when they were young. And now they're like 50, 60, 70 years old. And now they're living. And they're like, they look. And they're like, these younger generations have the possibility. And they are envious. Okay? So add some empathy to them as well. It's like, they wanted to live this lifestyle. But we have the privilege to do so. So goddamn, use that motherfreaking privilege to go out and live. Anyhow, yeah, getting back in after repeating my sentence 500 times in different phrases and sentences. So focus. Many of us have minds that are constantly clouded with a thousand concerns, much of which we can do, any, we can do nothing about. If you pay attention to social media or watch the news or any, on any given day, you'll find an endless sea of things to worry about. I'm not saying that you should turn your back on all the problems of the world, but if you're not actively doing something to help these problems, what is it good to worry about them? Everybody has the power to change the world. Nobody has the power to change everything. Try this and you'll go insane. We must narrow our focus. We all know people who watch the news insistently and have something new to complain about every day. Does complaining actually do anything? Does complaining help or just add to the world's problems? If we cannot change all the things that bother us about the world, why not start with one issue? Something you're passionate about? Let's say you want to save the rainforest. That if instead of ranting on social media about the ruthless slaughtering of trees, you got involved in an organization that does something about it. Let's say you want to end world hunger. Instead of sulking at home, thinking about the misery of starving children, why not get involved in a project that feeds them? Complaining and ranting does nothing but promote fear and negativity. Do something and live by example. If enough people did this, we might actually make some real progress. We are what we focus on. Because of this, we're going to need to think about our dreams a lot. I do this by surrounding myself with books, magazines, and the guides of all the places I want to explore. I'm constantly reading travel narratives, drooling over glossy photos, and researching all the exotic places I want to go. This creates a burning desire deep down in my soul. When dreams are charged with the desire, they become unstoppable. I love that. Last spring I injured my foot and my knee with both hiking and mountain biking off the table. This could easily have turned into the summer of no wilderness, but rather than sulking in my misfortune, I merely transitioned to kayaking and paddleboarding and spent the entire summer floating rivers and paddling in the ocean. Not to mention writing this book. Nothing can keep me from wilderness because that's because it's not that important if this doesn't send a crystal clear message to the universe i don't know what does whatever we focus on becomes energized and that is always a very very good reminder if we focus on our problems our problems become energized they get bigger more complex all-consuming focus on all the reasons you can't do something and those reasons will reinforce themselves Focus on the fact that you're depressed and you'll become more depressed. Focus on what's wrong with the world and you find more what's wrong with the world. This kind of thinking can easily become a never-ending downward spiral of negativity and doubt, leading to depression and mental illness, even suicide. And within that is also honoring your emotions. A lot of the times these books, and that's why sometimes I have an issue with them, is they say keep powering through keep powering through but sometimes it's your season of rest and reflection and sometimes it's a season of simply laying on your couch and crying and mourning and trying to understand your emotions and that is also simply okay so don't just shove them down and go out and paddleboard yes paddleboarding in nature will heal you but if you have some emotions sometimes you do need to sit with them and it's not dwelling on them but it's allowing yourself to feel them and if that takes a season three four months of mourning and grieving and understanding what you want next allow that spring to propel you forward to your dreams but allow yourself that chapter of rest as well there's nothing inherently wrong with that and that's something that I'm learning myself is I have to inwardly reflect through the seasons and I need to allow myself to actively mourn and grieve because if I do not then it comes up in times where I can't mentally take care of them but if I allow myself to feel the range of emotions that I need to and the need to come up and I sit with those emotions it allows it to be easier for my future so allow yourself to meet yourself where you are as well so you see, we think the universe is so complex, but it's actually quite simple. It gives us precisely what we think about. Humans, and also anything that I share on here, again, take with a grain of of salt, of sand. I do not have the answers to anything. I'm not God. I'm not a guru. I'm not a shaman. I'm simply a little creature that is speaking into the interwebs and you're hearing it. So I'm not saying that I have any answers for anything that are cut and dry black and white this is how it is or the highway you know I simply have answers for my life and if my life in any way inspires you then you can take what I have to say and don't use it as a bible but take it as a philosophy I have a big issue with religions in the way that things are do it this way or you're going to hell or do it this way or you're a bad buddhist or do it this way or you're a bad you know whatever take everything as a philosophy as a grain of salt. I have something to say if it resonates with you, go gun ho with it. And if it simply does not resonate with you, it doesn't have to. It's not going to hurt my feelings if you decide to shut off this podcast right now and do something different with your life. But if you are inspired by my life and I can be a teacher for you, continue to listen, reach out with questions. We can have a conversation. If you ever want to be a guest on my podcast as well, reach out. You know, things like that. I I'm simply a human on the same level as you and I don't like pedestals and I'm just as confused and I don't have any of the same answers and I get hurt just like you and I am just as cracked open as you and all these things and that's something that I'm trying to promote as well is my podcast before this One Conscious Love felt a lot more like put me on a pedestal I have all the answers and I don't have all the answers I thought I had the answers until I got into some pretty shady stuff where I realized I don't know a lot of things. And I didn't know how to process my emotions. I didn't know how to communicate when I thought that I did. And I realized I'm just as confused as anybody else. So who's to say that I have the answers and somebody else doesn't. And so yeah, and yeah. Humans are blessed with a wonderful thing called free will. Our destiny is up to us, I'm gonna underline that. We just need to decide. The way to let the universe know what we want is by focusing on our intention. Animals do this naturally. A squirrel focuses on the nut, so it gets the nut. A bird focuses on the worm, so it gets the worm. You get the gist. Excuse me. Humans, on the other hand, do not operate so simply. Rather than focusing on the nut, we focus on all the problems that could go wrong trying to obtain the nut. This confuses the universe very much. When we get caught up in this kind of neurotic thinking, the universe usually thinks we want more problems. So that's exactly what we get, more problems. That is, I would like that part right there. Why not focus on the nut? I know this sounds terribly oversimplified, but like it or not, it's how the world works. We are what we focus on that is simple. We all know people who say things like, problems follow me, like a black cloud, or I can't catch a break to save my life. As we know too well, these one-liners seal their destiny. The same is true when we're asked about how we're doing. When they say, not bad, that's exactly the kind of life we get. Not bad. I used to work for a guy who whenever, whenever asked about how he was doing, he would reply each time with the same phrase. Another day, another struggle, and it was. I had this friend who can't get his mind off fly fishing, and he fishes all the time. Another can't get his mind off rock climbing, and he climbs constantly. Others can't get their minds off of work, and boy, do they work. And if you spend all your time thinking about work, it's not fair to complain you have no time for fly fishing. The same is true that if you spend all your time thinking about rock climbing, it's fair to complain that you have trouble holding down a job. You see, the universe is giving us precisely what we focus on. What more could we want? Let's say you're on a you're in a bad relationship and you spend all your time thinking about how bad this relationship is. What do you think will happen? You guessed it, you'll continue having a bad relationship. But let's say instead of focusing on your desire for a good relationship, a subtle yet non-so-subtle variance... Now you'll likely improve the relationship you're in or leave that relationship for a better one. See the difference. All it takes is a shift in the way that you do things, a good shift in their perspective. Most of us blunder through life lost in a swarm of mindfulness thoughts and mind lost in a swarm of mindless thoughts and ideas crashing into each other all at once. It's no wonder so many of us are on anxiety medicine when we lived in the woods, things were much simpler. When we were hungry, we focused on food, and when we found food, and we found food. When we were cold, we focused on shelter, and when we found shelter. When we were lonely, we focused on love, and we found love. Food, shelter, love, that's what we need, and the universe willingly provided. And if it had not, our species could have could not have survived. Now that we've m- removed ourselves from these psychic of nature most of us take these basic necessities for granted like food water and shelter we have become trivial concerns for the typical American with their bare necessities met we don't you we don't really know what we want so we focus on the fact that the Joneses have a nicer car or they travel more or have a better paying job we focus on all the problems in the world by watching CNN or Fox News or listening to talk radio or devouring whatever pops up on the internet We focus on politics, how the left or the right have lost their minds. We divide ourselves up into groups, labeling each other as good or bad based on our affiliations. We learn how to hate our own brothers and sisters simply because they're on the other team. We start wars, killing for reasons we cannot readily complain. It's complex, we say. Is it? Is life really so complex? And I don't know if I spoke about this in a podcast, but I got my tattoo done. I may have yesterday on yesterday's podcast I just published today I'm halfway through the book um and basically it was tribalism and we were having a conversation and I kept hearing or I this guy said tribalism and I was like okay I I don't understand how tribalism had anything to do with the conversation we were just having we were talking about like Duke and Trussell and we were speaking about um Ram Das, I think And I went back and I was like, so what do you mean by tribalism? Because I thought tribalism is in like indigenous people and tribes or like in Africa, there's tribes of people or in Asia or in India, you know, there's different groups of people. That's what I thought tribalism was. And basically, I love what he said. And I've been thinking about it a lot that we have tribalism all the time, like football teams. I don't like sports. I grew up competitively swimming and I didn't like that we had so much hate for the other team. I did not realize it was always a competition versus them when really... All I needed was to beat my own time to go to this thing called states, which I, then I got to compete against more of my times and make myself better. But the team was always against, oh, we need to beat them and we need to beat these guys and those guys and, you know, everybody under the sun. And there's Michigan versus Michigan State There's a versus Ohio State. There's, you know, the Lions versus, I don't watch football. I don't know who the frick the Lions would be against. There's the Pistons versus whoever, there's, um, I don't know if, about sports to even be able to speak on this, but anyhow, that's tribalism, and so people get so angry, I work, I do work for this couple who um, is very for Michigan, and I showed up one day in a Michigan State sweatshirt, and they were like, oh, no, 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 and it was a joke, but like, in reality, if they saw somebody with a Michigan State sweatshirt, they would criticize them, and I was like, that's what tribalism is. It's to say that my group of people is better than yours because of these set of rules or because of this list of reasons. And nobody's better than anybody. Guys, my philosophy is making people less lonely and to say that I'm just as confused as you are. So don't put yourself in a tribalism headspace where you're saying I'm better than you and you're better than me or these are the reasons why my group is better than yours. Okay, no religion is better than any other one. Every religion has their faults, and every religion has their good things. Every group of people has their good things, and every group has their bad. They started because of good, and maybe they came up with some bad things. Maybe they did some bad things. Um, And so, yeah, it's like... Anyhow, I'm losing my track of thought, but we are so divided in society. I... I don't like politics. I used to be very political. That's another conversation I'm not willing to have with a lot of people. I don't even bring up politics and people talk about politics. I go silent because I don't like how divided we are by that. With any kind of news source, I don't watch news anymore. Um, And this causes a lot of concerns. I have my own opinions on medical field versus the holistic industry. And I don't criticize anybody for the way that they choose to go about life. But if you criticize me, I will ask you to please stop. Because it is my life and it is not yours. So things like that. We are so divided where we have to nitpick our differences in order for us to simply... We just always have to have something wrong with your neighbor. Like, the one good thing about Christianity is the sentence, love thy neighbor. Christians don't even follow by that rule. If you are gay, well, you're out. If you're trans, well, you're out. Um, If you have tattoos, like I got a tattoo and some people that I work that are very religious they looked at my tattoo and started being you know kind of hostile with me and i was like really like people really do this like if you do something outside of their lines nowhere in the bible it says you can't have tattoos if you get a nose piercing like i have a fake nose piercing i get criticized about it oh you look like a bull okay and i have freedom of expression of how i want to express myself is it actively hurting you no so please stop You know, things like that. The way that you dress is inherently yours. People always have a different opinion of you and how you dress. Art is subjective. The way you dress is subjective. And people are like, oh my god, their outfit is so bad. You don't have the same style as them. Why do you have to look at them and automatically say that they're ugly, wrong, or bad for the way that they dress? Like, I don't understand that either. That's tribalism. It's trying to find a difference in somebody else to not like them. But why do we do that? It's because it's drilled in our brain through everything, through media, through all these things. Just appreciate that you have some human freaking company. You know, if news was not around, we wouldn't have such differences. Egos and judgment are kind of, they're innately built into us now. Um, And so being observant of those judgments and those egos that come up, I might say some things that are judgmental and then I go back and reflect on them and I'm like, oh, shit. Why did I say those things? I could have made somebody else feel bad. And so go back and reflect if you need to apologize, if you need to talk to them. You know, do what you got to do. But there's no point in making somebody wrong or bad for the way that they're doing their life. Unless they're actively hurting somebody, yes, then stand up for them. Um, There was a poster on my... I'm like so pent up with energy talking about this kind of stuff. Um, There was a poster in my room in my childhood bedroom when I lived with my grandparents. And my grandfather came in one day and handed it to me and put it up on the wall. And I think it was like five. And I remember it pretty much every single day. It's a golden rule and then another one. And it's treat others the way you want to be treated. And that's the golden rule that I always speak about. The second one is stand up for what is right, even if you're standing alone. If somebody's getting hurt, stand up, even if it's going to cause chaos. As long as you're standing up for the people that you love and the things that you care about, as long as it's not actively hurting anybody, but you're trying to work towards an ordination of love, do it. Stand up. If if you standing up for what is right causes some hostileness, as long as you're not actively trying to hurt anybody, you need to stand up how you need to stand up. And then there's the golden rule, treat others the way you want to be treated. Do you want to be actively criticized? But what you're going to hand out to the world is what you're going to receive. If you want judgment, and if you receive judgment constantly, where in your life are you criticizing others? So that all comes back to yourself as well. And treat others the way that you want to be treated. So if you hurt somebody... Why do you want to be hurt? That's the thing. If you actively say something shitty to somebody else, do you want that said back to you? Probably not. So why go out and say it? Why go out of your way to hurt somebody else's feelings? That's the other thing. So getting back into it after another rant. Um, Turn off the news. If you're focused on everything that's wrong with the world, you're doing more harm than good. You may mean well, but you're part of the problem. Want to save the manatees? Stop complaining and go work for an organization that saves the manatees. Want to save the wilderness? There are projects that need your help right now. If you read my other books, then you know for my deep love of Utah's Red Rock Canyons. Unfortunately, these pristine deserts are under constant threat from oil and gas development, unnecessary road construction, and the rampant off-road vehicle use. When writing my first book, I decided to dedicate an entire entire page to the Southern Utah Wilderness Alliance, SUWA, an organization that helps protect these fragile landscapes. This was a baby step. I didn't know if anyone could ever read the book. After all, I was an unknown author. How was I to possibly know it would reach thousands annually? Which, holy crap, that is so powerful. This book, at this point, is start with something anything. Turn your life into an experiment. Take baby steps. They often lead to bigger ones. That's been the formula for anyone who's ever made a difference. Focus on what you want and you might just make a difference, perhaps even change the world. Vibration. As most of us learned in elementary physics, everything in the universe is made of matter and energy, including ourselves. Energy vibrates at different frequencies. The lower our vibration, the closer we are to death. Think of the heartbeat. When our dreams are charged with passions and emotion, we vibrate at extremely high levels. This gives us a direct link to the infinite intelligence and the birthplace of creativity, the source of all life. However, we cannot maintain this frequency very long if we are not physically healthy. This means eating the right foods, exercising on the regular. Fast foods, ice cream, and Doritos are not going to sustain us. Junk food only brings our vibration levels down. Many have found that low-sugar, high-fat diet, rich with whole foods and vegetables works pretty well. Find what works for you. I'm no nutritionalist, but most of you would agree there's nothing worse than sugar. Only certain animals can even taste sugar, and most won't even touch it. It has no nutritional value to them. And just interestingly, it's one of the most highly addictive substances for humans, and millions are addicted. starts at our first birthday party with cake and ice cream the frosted flakes and the cocoa pebbles for breakfast kool-aid popsicles gummy bears no wonder we're so addicted we were doomed from the beginning the best thing to do is get rid of it sugar leads to obesity and diabetes and mental disorders like depression and anxiety nothing zaps vibration levels quite like sugar i don't necessarily follow suit with everything that he's saying right here i don't like people that are like you eat sugar, you're obese. You eat sugar, you're fat. You eat sugar, this. I don't follow suit with that. I think damning somebody, criticizing somebody for the eat is never your place. It's for somebody else to figure out how their body works. Um, I, I see his point, but I don't endorse what he's saying. I guess i say. Um, so yeah, but sugar is extremely addictive. Same with coffee it's like, there's a study that um, spiders, spiders making webs, they work out of vibration when they build their webs, and they gave one spider heroin, one spider cocaine, one spider coffee, one sugar, and another addictive, really addictive substance, maybe weed, I don't know, um, and the craziest web, or the two craziest webs, I believe, was coffee and sugar, um, which is crazy, like, these things were creating the most crazy webs for these spiders. Um, the things that we drink and eat every single day. And so just being mindful of the way that your body interacts with it. Um, I, I'll still drink coffee every day. I find coffee to be extremely poetic to my life. And so I don't see a day that I'll like completely stop drinking coffee. Um, and I love sugar. I don't eat it every single day. But in moderation, I want to sit down and I want to eat a homemade chocolate chip cookie, and there's nothing wrong with that. And the way that you eat is entirely yours. So don't let anybody criticize you for that either because your body, it's your choice. It's what you choose to do with your body. It's how you choose to fuel your body. That's entirely yours, and there should be no criticism on that. Um, but yeah. But once you come out of the other side, what a relief. A new kind of sustained energy takes over, and mood swings become a thing of the past, and you begin to live life on a more even keel. Try it for a week and see yourself replace sugar with something delicious—coffee, tea, nuts—all good replacements. When you stop eating sugar, you may find the hunger and general diminishes. That's because most of us perceive as hunger, perceive hunger, is actually a craving for sugar. Get rid of the sugar, and you'll likely find that you eat less food overall. It's quite empowering to get a hold of your appetite. Many are slaves to their food without even realizing it excuse me, how liberating to take back your life and eat what you want, not just when you feel famished. We've all felt that insatiable hunger that demands food now. This is constant and comes on like a drug addiction. I'm kind of going to skip past this part. Um... Okay. Passions keep us young. They take us all over the world, uniting us with others who share similar interests, leading us on a lifelong journey of hair-raising fun. We meet new friends on the road at Hot Springs campgrounds and Trailhead parking lots. We get invited into people's homes to cook meals, to share stories. When we're outside exercising daily, life becomes a joyous dance. Flashes of inspiration come on a mile a minute, solutions to problems come easily, and every day is filled with joy, laughter, and love. Love for life. There's nothing better than loving life. When we love life, we beam love out of the rest into the world at the highest possible vibration, just as the sun beams life to us all. When the world becomes filled with people who love life, the world becomes filled with love. That's how we change the world. Not by inventing the next gadget, acquiring the most possessions, achieving the highest level of status, or making the most money. Napoleon Hill discovered the secrets to success long ago, but money is just a symbol. Just as words are merely symbols, not to be confused with what they represent, money cannot and must not be the goal. Love of money only creates the insatiable desire for more money. This creates an imbalance and an in equality that causes people to do terrible acts, things they would never do if not for the money. Desire mixed with emotion is indeed a powerful force. If we are not here to enjoy ourselves, why are we here? To work ourselves to death? To squander earth's resources in the name of progress? To justify evil in the name of profit? To hoard all the money and the possessions we can get our hands on? Who wins the game of life? He who dies with the most money. Or the biggest grin. You cannot buy your dreams. You can only live them. I think I'm going to end this podcast here. But thank you for listening again. Um, I'm almost on the page 100. And we are halfway through the book. I want to see how many pages are actually in here. 173. So we're not even halfway through anyhow (laughs) i appreciate you all incredibly deeply and and yeah i actually are halfway through anyhow um thank you for tuning in and doing what you want with your life again there's no discretion and there's no judgment towards if you decide to follow suit with the status quo there should be no judgment on that either um and if you don't want to follow suit with the status quo, I help you find inspiration to do something different um, and to go out and follow and chase those dreams. And if you need an encouraging word, reach out to me at Hallie Loves. Wait, never mind. My Instagram is not that anymore. Reach out to me at Returning to the Earth on Instagram. I have TikTok. And thank you for tuning in and making it this far on this podcast in general. I'm a chaotic human. You are a chaotic human. We're all living, learning, trying. The biggest thing we can do is try, go out on whims, do things that make us uncomfortable, sound like a fool. Who the fuck cares? If you feel like you're living, that's all that matters. And that's something that I'm trying to reiterate to myself is I am alive only once and who cares if I sound like a fool right now? I am at least taking the stepping stone forward to where I want to be in life and only matters how I feel about it as long as I'm not hurting anybody in the process if I feel love radiating from my chest when I speak these words or stumble over my words and beauty is coming from it that's all that matters so again I thank you for being you and for tuning in and I'm sending you lots of love a big forehead kiss a big bear hug and send you on your way to the next journey of curiosity for whatever point in time you're at so bye-bye